This podcast is a production of America Matters Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the America Matters Media Podcast Network by visiting americamatters.us. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review at your favorite place to download podcasts. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers, although we think they should. But that's the opinion of America Matters Media. America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you are now listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. And if you don't have questions, well, we certainly have some answers, and hopefully we'll have an interesting discussion for you. We like to talk about some current events. We like to talk about some of our patient cases, and we even have a patient with us today, Diane Lancaster. We thank her for joining us. Hi. Before we start, I'd like to thank our sponsors. First, the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, where I work here in Las Vegas. That is THB Clinic. You can reach us here at 702-562-1454. Now, if you're watching on Zoom or television, you should be able to see that on the screen. But if not, that number again is 702-562-1454. We'd also like to thank the First Nation Medical Board. Now, both the First Nation Medical Board and Turtle Healing Man Clinic are under the jurisdiction of the Indian Nation, the Crow tribe of Indians, to be more precise. They have been given the right, if you will, from the federal government to recognize what is known as traditional medicine. Now, you may think that conventional medicine is traditional, but in fact, it is not. Traditional medicine refers to those practices that have been here well, long before the use of pharmaceutical prescription drugs. So it includes all things indigenous, as well as alternatives to the conventional medical approach, if you prefer the natural treatment of disease. The current healthcare system is really a sick care system. It is based on disease management. We practice the opposite in traditional medicine. That is working with patients to achieve optimal health and wellness. And we'll talk about some of the things we do here in our clinic to accomplish that. So again, we think that Turtle Healing Bank Clinic, the First Nation Medical Board, both of which are under the jurisdiction of the Indian Nation, the First Nation Medical Board licenses practitioners, traditional tribal providers, such as myself here and around the country, because, well, we need protection against conventional medical boards because they have not exercised jurisdiction over this practice of medicine. And we thank the Crow Tribe of Indians for so doing. If you have a question and you would like to reach me, you can always contact me by emailing droyal at thbclinic.com. D is in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at thb for turtle healing band clinic.com. 
Thank you very much. I'd like to welcome Dr. Robert Bohr with us. He's one of our tribal providers. Dr. Rob, welcome. And just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do here at the clinic. Thanks, Dr. Dan. Um, it is my joy to be part of this tribal practice group and uh, some of the areas that, that are my expertise in would be treating a joint and, and uh, spine injuries, chronic pain, uh, things like that with using stem cell, PRP, uh, these type of alternative treatments. But also in, uh, in uh, utilizing the alternative uh, treatments for pain, um, we can also uh, be helping to, to rehabilitate and strengthen. And, and uh, so many patients who are struggling uh, approximately 60% will walk into their primary care office with some kind of musculoskeletal complaint. And we believe that it would be best to, to use the alternative approach instead of the medications um, to help them treat their conditions. In fact, we had a patient here this morning, one we had seen before, who had been to a provider here in town. He wouldn't let her come back until she got a test for COVID-19, which we've talked about on this show before, the PCR test is virtually worthless, and maybe we'll discuss that a little bit more. So she came here instead. Everyone here in our clinic is immune. We all have antibodies to the SARS-CoV-2, the IgG antibodies, but we got those antibodies through our own protocol, the dendritic cell vaccine protocol, which we'll talk a little bit later about in the program, and why it is that those who are testing positive do not have antibodies. But long story short, we had a patient came in this morning to do some uh, injections of her back, and we'll be treating her after the show. We had treated her once before, actually, by using some PRP and a caudal block. That is something Dr. Rob was trained in at Stanford University. It's a way of accessing the nerves in your spine between the coccyx and the sacrum, the epidural space, in a way that is very safe but incredibly effective for healing the nerves, which have been damaged from various injuries. However, today we'll be doing something a little bit different. We'll be doing the PRP injections of the back as well as the collar buck, but we will be adding exosomes. Exosomes are what the stem cells use to repair the body, the damage in the body, and to replace the old damaged dying cells. Ours are actually called amniosomes because they are obtained from amniotic fluid. And the amount in there is well over a trillion. It has been verified by independent laboratories. And the nice thing about the amniosomes, as well as the stem cells, is they go to the area where they are needed, the areas that are in irritation or in inflammation. And so sometimes you only need to get them by IV. My first experience using stem cells was really with Myself, about 10 years ago, we developed a protocol by which we can harvest stem cells from your blood. That's right. You can get stem cells from your fat, your bone marrow. Those are mesenchymal cells. But you can get the real pluripotent stem cells from your blood. They're actually in all the tissues of your body. And when you take a product, which I prescribed to a patient yesterday, she's coming in tomorrow to do this very thing. It helps to attract the stem cells into your blood. We will then draw her blood tomorrow and then allow the blood to naturally separate into the plasma from which we can obtain these pluripotent stem cells that can be used for all of the embryonic tissues in your 
body, everything from the head to your toe. Anyway, I had suffered with a rotoscoliosis since I was a teenager and had tried various types of approaches to reduce that discomfort, including prolotherapy, including yoga stretching and exercise. But the one thing that took it away completely was stem cells. And I only received it IV. I did a couple of small IV infusions, and that was 10 years ago. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion after the break. Stay with us. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. And we are. We are back to the show. Thank you, my friends, for sticking with us. We're now in the second quarter of our show, and you're watching The Royal Treatment with Dr. Dan Royal and his fellow tribal provider here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic, Dr. Robert Bohr. We're joined by a patient guest of ours, Diane Lancaster, is joining us from her basement, of all places, in Salt Lake City. Can you hear me? We hear you. And uh, she swears that she's um, uh, not in the Biden family. But she's simply renting space there in the basement. Anyway, before the break, um, in the last segment, I did mention that many people are doing the PCR testing through the nasal swab. And I said it is not helpful to us as professionals for making medical decisions. In fact, I'm writing an article now for media publication. And if you're interested in the article, please uh, feel free to contact either America Matters Media or me directly, droyal at thb clinic.com. The article will be discussing why some people are having no antibodies, even though they test positive for the so-called pandemic virus that many people believe is a pandemic or a scandemic. And the reason is, and of course, you can get this even from uh, some websites such as the FDA. There's an article even published in the New York Times this last fall that discussed the fact that when you are running these PCR tests above 35 cycles, and we've talked about this in this program before, the test is virtually worthless. In other words, we have many labs that are running the test at 35 to 50 cycles in order to magnify whatever remnant of an RNA virus is there. It's not specific for SARS-CoV-2, and it is not determining whether the virus is active or dead or whether it's part of your normal flora. But when they're running above 35 cycles, it's 0% effective. And, well, I guess you could say 100% false positive or even fraudulent. It's not a help, helpful test. So when we get these patients, we will then check their antibodies. And guess what? They have no antibodies. No surprise, they're not really symptomatic. But we had some patients uh, this last week who tested negative, yet they did have uh, symptoms, so to speak, and they still tested negative for the antibodies. So something else is going on. Many people believe that what we're experiencing is radiation sickness from 5G antennas and satellites that are continuing to be put up and launched into space. And that's not going to change. It's going to get worse. So I really need to be thinking about perhaps protecting ourselves against something other than a virus, such as 5G technology that can penetrate your skin. The reason we've discussed why 5G is so harmful is because when it is increased in intensity, it becomes a military weapon. It can penetrate your skin and cause everything from flu to cancer. The problem with 5G is that the radio waves 
are short. And in order to boost them, the carriers will increase the hertz. They're not being monitored by the FCC. The FCC is issuing licenses, but nobody's really following up and holding these people accountable. And so instead of running the 5G at 45 hertz, they're running it at maybe 145 hertz, and it's causing problems. So please keep that in mind. I did mention that there is a way, however, to obtain antibodies. We did that for a patient this morning, in fact. We can harvest your blood. You can't take that blood. You can take or extract the dendritic cells and expose it to what we call a spike protein. This can be done for really any uh, virus against which you wish to be vaccinated, but we are doing it for SARS-CoV-2 and then returning it to the patient. It's a natural process by which your dendritic cells or presenting cells take the virus to your lymph nodes from which you develop antibodies, and it works. We, so far, have been 100% successful. We've even shown that you can give a booster dose and can increase those antibodies all over again, meaning that you have memory and that you're also making the right type of antibodies. We've discussed before that you need to make adequate Th1 antibodies, not inadequate Th1 or Th2 antibodies. The concern we have now with the vaccines that are being administered is, for example, Moderna is talking about cutting their vaccine in half and giving half the dose in order to increase their distribution. However, they have done no experimentation to document whether this will even work at all. And we know for a fact that one dose of their vaccine does nothing. Therefore, you need a second dose, which is curious because the first dose should provide antibodies and the second should simply be a booster as what we do in our clinic. Well, anyway, enough of that and enough of me. Let's hear from Diane. Diane, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe uh, some of your thoughts on the things we've been discussing. Well, I, I'm a 65-year-old grandmother, uh, mother of four. In 2011, I was fortunate enough to meet Dr. Royal, who I attribute to saving my life uh, because of his natural homeopathy systems. I was having a terrible reaction to Synthroid. I'd been in the hospital. They didn't know what was wrong with me. And I just thought I was going to die. And he got me off that. He got me on track. He gave me a lot of IVs and injections. And then I did do the stem cell uh, program where he drew my blood and separated my blood and then re-injected it into my body. And, you know, I've had some serious health problems, but I'm no worse for wear. And I really attribute a lot of it to the fact that, what, for eight, nine years, I did homeopathy and I still continue to do it. And uh, I believe that it's made me younger and happier and healthier and just, just not buying into all of the regular doctor stuff that they want to put you on. So, you know, I'm healthy. I'm happy. I, I, I did have a heart attack. Uh, Dr. Royal injected me with magnesium before I went to the hospital while I was having my heart attack. And I really think that probably really helped my life. Well, in that, in that instance, you came to our office when you were actually having an acute heart attack. So we used the magnesium to try to interrupt the uh, the episode, and we weren't able to do it. And uh, but I some- think it really helped because once I did get to the 
emergency, I was much better. And had I not done that, who knows what the outcome would have been. And boy, did I catch flack for doing that. But, you know, I believe in, in my body's ability to heal itself. Well, fortunately so, uh, for us, the hospital is right across the street, and you were taken to the emergency room. They weren't able to interrupt the uh, cycle of chest pain either, and so you ultimately did end up having uh, surgery, and you were healthy enough uh, to recover. I think that's the main thing. Um, the surgery, the bypass surgery, is really intended for certain conditions when you have three or more vessels that are 90% occluded, or if you have the main descending coronary artery that is 100% blocked. Those are true indications for a coronary artery bypass. Uh, Well, what happened with me, Dr. Royal, is I didn't have any blockage. I didn't have any collusion. I had a genetic condition that I probably have had all my life. But because of the way that you've taken care of me and I was committed to that, it didn't show up. Or it would have shown up a lot sooner, I'm sure, and maybe I would have had really much dire more circumstances. But here I am, three years later. I think uh, one of the keys is that the difference between the patients that we see and those of conventional medicine is the ones that are seen in conventional medicine are essentially managing symptoms that is a sick care system, whereas we're emphasizing health in our approach to the management of our patients. So our patients tend to be healthier. Just because you're taking supplements doesn't mean that you're sick. It's an investment in your long-term health, well-being, and quality of life, but also takes a certain kind of patient and a mindset. So for example, we had a patient here yesterday. She had been diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago. I told her that many of the cases diagnosed as breast cancer are often carcinoma in situ, which means that it's localized and nothing's going to happen. And in fact, that turned out to be her case. They did a biopsy, of course, because insurance won't pay for a lumpectomy unless you first do the biopsy and then risk spreading it. In fact, we've mentioned before on the program in the past that I believe there is a study that shows you have a 90% risk of spreading the cancer with the biopsy in the case of breast cancer. Uh, Nevertheless, they did take out the lump, and of course, they pressured her to have radiation and chemotherapy, as well as a mastectomy. She refused all of that. And even if you refuse, because you're allegedly diagnosed with cancer, and many of these diagnoses, these carcinomocytes, end up having the patient do all of the things I just mentioned, she, three years later, has another uh, lump, was, was biopsied, and turns out to be, once again, carcinomocytes. So we're doing some other tests to see if we can see, uh, determine how much of a problem this is. And some of the, the things that we will do to get a more three-dimensional picture of our patients is to check the Epstein-Barr virus to see if that is active. Epstein-Barr virus is a cancer-causing virus. There was a study done over in Africa some years ago where the breast tissue of the cancer women there had the Epstein-Barr virus in their tissues 100% of the time. The other thing we check for is anagolase. That is the enzyme that is produced by viruses in cancer that acts as a smoke screen to your immune system so that it cannot recognize and eliminate the foreign invader. The third thing that we will check is the AMAS, the anti-malignant serum antibody test. This is a cancer antibody. It helps us determine if your body is recognizing and making antibodies against cancer. And in fact, it can be somewhat predictive up to 18, 19 months in advance, long before it will show up on a CAT scan 
or an MRI. And we just had a couple of patients whose labs came back this morning who showed very good results with a treatment that we do in our practice. We'll talk about that when we come back for the break. Thank you for being with us. Stay with us. We'll return. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. We are back to the show. Thank you, my friends, for sticking with us. We're now in the second half of our show. And you are listening to The Royal Treatment with me, Dr. Dan Royal. I'd like to thank Dr. Bill Singh for joining us. He's one of our tribal providers here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic, along with Dr. Robert Bohr. And, of course, we have our guest, Diane Lancaster from Salt Lake City, Utah. If you have a question, you can always reach us here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic, THB Clinic, 702-562-1454. 702-562-1454 or email me directly at droyal at thbclinic.com. D is in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at THB for Turtle Healing Band Clinic.com. Now, before the break, we were talking about something that we do for our patients to help lower the cancer antibodies. And I just want to finish that thought. The thing that we do in our clinic is a series of treatments using a pulsing electromagnetic field. It's actually produced by a German company who's been doing research in this field for well over 30 years. And the new technology now includes something called Fibonacci spirals, which is quite interesting. But it also has trade secret technology to protect you against electrosmog. So please, my friends, do not think that all pulsing electromagnetic fields are the same. They are simply not. We have proven that the, the technology we use in our clinic is safe and effective. And this is what we use to lower AMAS or the cancer antibodies. And is virtually 100% effective in our patients. The nice thing about it is it can be used at home. There is a home care unit. You can find this by going to our website, the turtlehealingbenclinic.com, or going directly to thbcsales.com. We also have some very interesting water technology whereby you can make water electric. Your body needs that energy. You can find that also by going to our website, the turtlehealingbenclinic.com, or going directly to thbcwater.com. The other thing we do is to lower the nagalase, and we have an oral kit by which this is accomplished. In fact, I gave it to a patient this morning because, well, he's getting very close to having his nagalase in normal range. He's a prostate cancer patient, and everything is under good control simply by following our natural holistic approaches or traditional medicine, if you will. The same product can be used IV if we need to get more aggressive. So please keep that in mind. We like to do something called IPT, insulin potentiation therapy. Now, normally, a small amount of chemotherapy is used with that. We found that we don't need to do that. We can simply lower blood sugar and then infuse this natural product, which is a, a glucosidase, a type of sugar that can then be used to help eradicate anagolase that the cancer is using to hide behind. Well, let's talk about something else. Diane, earlier in the program, yes. we were talking a little bit about the vaccine. Are you planning to get a vaccine against the so-called COVID-19 pandemic virus? That'll be a hard no. And uh, why? What are your reasons? I believe that injecting my body with something like that is not the right way to go. If I if I get ill, um, I'm going to come to you and have you do an isode on me, which uh. you did last February, when I think I really was sick. And I was better within two to three days. And I'll tell you why. Uh, my 
oldest son who lives up here, they told him he tested positive for COVID. His wife and four children tried extremely hard to get it from him. None of them got it. And then when he went back to see if he had the antibody, he didn't have it. He had no antibody. Hmm. So I, I think it's some people are sick and, but people get sick, but no, it's a hard no on my end. I'm not taking it. Well, those are the kind of things that uh, lead us to some curious conclusions. Uh, one of which is the COVID-19 is not real and we're experiencing something else entirely because the facts just don't seem to add up. But in regards to the ISOD you're referring to, we had a patient here this morning. He developed an acute case of shingles. It's on his back and on his chest. And so one of the things that we do for our patients, we can do it as a prevention or treatment in the case of well, people who have acute colds and flus, we use something called dilute hydrochloric acid, and we can give this IV push. It's been used in the past to help protect people against uh, endemics or even pandemics. And then we mix it with a little bit of blood. That's called an isode in homeopathic terms and injected in the contralateral buttocks. And you get an immediate and delayed response with your immune system. It works very well, virtually 100% of the time. Sometimes the patients are better before leaving the office, but usually within 36 hours for sure, they're back on their game. Well, Dr. Bill, earlier today we were talking a little bit about uh, the fact that the uh, Moderna company is going to be cutting their vaccine in half to increase distribution. Do you see any problems with that? A lot of problems. One is that, as it is, those that they have standardized, what they have standardized, I don't know if it is standard or not, uh, it doesn't really induce optimal immune response. It's, it's uh, the low-level antibodies. They're not going to do the, do the productive effect. Uh, and there are several reasons for it. One basically is that Efficacy of expression of mRNA into the protein against which our immune system would make antibodies is very low. Uh, at best, it's supposed to be about 30%. If you can get 30% expression by mRNA into, into human body, you're lucky. So to, to override that problem, they use a lot of adjuvants to get the mRNA into your cells. Well, hold that thought. I want to talk about those adjuvants. we got to take a short break. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and we're going to continue our discussion after the break. Stay with us. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237- 2266. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and thank you, my friends, for sticking with us. We're now in the final quarter of our show, The Royal Treatment, with me, Dr. Daniel Royal, and my fellow tribal providers, Dr. Robert Bohr, Dr. Bill Singh, and we're also joined by a patient, Diane Lancaster from Salt Lake City. Thank you for joining us. Sure. Dr. Bill, before the break, we were talking about some of the concerns you had about the reducing of dosage by Moderna with their vaccine. So why don't we go ahead and continue that discussion? So now to, to get, the, I was saying that to get the mRNA into your cells, they have to use some uh, materials like, for example, lipid particles, nanoparticles. They wrap the mRNA into a lipid nanoparticle and inject it so that it your body cells can take it up. Now, the problem with that is that it is causing a lot of side effects. Uh, 
and also the nanoparticles actually can take your mRNA to your brain cells because that is where the whole nanotechnology failed. They found out that they were using it to deliver drugs and the drugs crossed the blood-brain barrier. And they stopped basically using it until it is really perfected. So because of the side effects, I think they want to reduce the dose of, of the vaccine, but that will minimize again the, the immune response that they are. It will induce an immune response because they have a segment of mRNA that's going to make some protein. And your body has the ability to react to that protein. They're making good antibodies, but are they relevant antibodies? I don't know. Correct. And that's the concern that we have. Normally, when you give someone a vaccine, I'm not sure if our listeners fully understand this, but giving somebody the virus or a dead virus in a vaccine is virtually worthless. Your body is not going to make antibodies against it. And for these reasons, they add what's called adjuvants. Now, oftentimes these adjuvants are cancer-causing agents, such as aluminum, mercury, formaldehyde, and so forth. In the case of COVID-19, they're adding something called saponin. And we have two problems here. Number one, the world has never made a successful vaccine against an RNA virus, so this is a great human experiment. In fact, when they have made a vaccine against an RNA virus and used it on animals and then re-exposed them to the virus, the animals died because they did not make an adequate antibody response the first time. We're concerned that this may actually be a cons- that something that could happen to the humans should what we're experiencing now be a a scam, so to speak, and then the real thing released later after the vaccine. That's a real concern. Second concern is saponin. That adjuvant has never been used in humans before, at least to my knowledge, and and that's an issue that Bill, Dr. Bill Sting raised. The problem is you can have an overreaction, a hyperimmune response to saponin, and now you may end up with an antibody reaction. Well, one of the things that um, that we do here is we like to provide people with as much protection as we can give them. We do all the testing, get all objective data that we can to help us make informed decisions uh, for our patients. And um, Dr. Bill, we've even had people from outside of our area, even outside of the country, who are trying to find out how they can get involved with what we're doing. The reason is it's simple enough to be done anywhere in the world. Isn't that right? Absolutely. I think there are a lot of people who have approached from uh, Dominican Republic, Africa, and then now we have a group uh, I met last week with them for uh, they want to do this vaccine in in Philippines. Uh, I think the, the plus really with this is that it is natural. We take a certain type of cells from your body, uh, isolate it, purify, and then mature it, and Pulse it with the corona antigen, a full-length spike protein. Uh, it's not a truncated version or a smaller version of or mRNA of the of the of the virus. It is is directly isolated as a protein, spike protein, full length. So we load the these cells with what we call dendritic cells and inject them back into your body. Within two to three weeks, they make very good response antibodies and as well as uh, T cells. Well, one of the things we've talked about, and uh, this is something we would like to at least have the opportunity of putting to the test, is that vaccines can be done through an oral capsule. 
if a dendritic cell line is developed and it is exposed to a spike protein, then put into a liposomal capsule, all it has to do is get into the bloodstream and then voila, magic can take place because the dendritic cells can then take that spike protein to the lymph nodes where antibodies can be made. Isn't that right, Dr. Bill? Absolutely. I think that that's the advantage here is that we're not using any adjuvants. All natural. The cell the cell we're using, the dendritic cell, has the ability to process that antigen and present it to the immune system in a very natural way because it takes the antigen to the lymph node area where the whole immune response is manufactured right from scratch and it maintained throughout your life. And it produces the right type of immune response, not the hypersensitivity that adjuvants can generate in your immune system like Dr. Oil mentioned. It is a uh, kind of an inflammatory response that you don't want because the antigen goes actually into the wrong type of cells like macrophages or neutrophils or eosinophils, and that is what really causes the, we categorize it as the Th2 type of immune response, and that causes huge inflammation and the wrong type of cytokines, and that's exactly what happens in, in COVID-19 infection. Well, one of the things we've been able to prove here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic is that it is possible to immunize people naturally without adjuvants. I think that is a huge breakthrough. We do believe that it is possible to immunize people without injections by using an oral capsule. This could potentially be done for any and all viruses, not just COVID-19. And uh, Dr. Rob, back me up. We have seen a lot of patients here that we have uh, treated for the dendritic cell vaccine protocol, and we're doing very well. Tell us how we go through that process for the patients. Yeah, well, the the patients, of course, we want to know if they have a baseline, um, if they're positive or negative. And frankly, we're, we assume negative, right? Um, that they've not been exposed to the coronavirus that's, uh, that's out there and that, that the, the laboratory results will be negative. So that's the baseline. And then... Uh, you know, doing a blood draw is similar to going and donating blood. And uh, so we'll collect it in a bag, 300, 400 ml, so kind of similar again to, to a blood donation. And then that gets brought into the lab and that's where the magic happens, right? And, and once that process is completed, um, then we go back and we can actually re- uh, inject uh, that dendritic cell vaccine for the patient as an IV push and then into lymph nodes. And so it's, a, it's really a, a simple process from beginning to end as far as the patient goes. You know, a, a couple of blood draws in the beginning and the end and uh, the bag for donation um, in order to get that process going. So for, for patients, it's, it's really quite a, a, a simple way to go through a very safe and 100% at this point, 100% effective uh, means of having antibodies against this SARS-CoV-2. Yeah, no, thank you very much for that uh, explanation. Um, it's a fairly simple process, I agree. Now, I have some patients that uh, uh, maybe don't like their blood being drawn, and so uh, you may have to uh, compensate for that. So we had one it came in and has a history of fainting when she has a blood drawn. However, we had her lie down and she donated blood and there was no problem. I do want to mention that one of the things that we have observed is that it is possible, as Dr. Rob mentioned, we assume the patients are negative for the SARS-CoV-2 
virus. And we say that because that's typically the case, regardless of how they tested with the PCR, whatever symptoms they've had. However, it is possible that there can be some cross-reactivity where they might have some antibodies. It's possible that someone has some coronavirus as part of their normal flora, which has been around for about 60 years. Uh, thanks to the animals that we uh, have in our homes and and maybe otherwise exposed to. So coronavirus is around. It's fairly innocuous. It's part of our normal flora. And it's also possible that people have been exposed to SARS-1. We have a couple of patients that we believe uh, from the Philippines were exposed to SARS-1 and still have antibodies against it that cross-react with the SARS-CoV-2 antibody, whether they've had symptoms or not. Dr. Bill, your thoughts? Well, I think, uh, uh, like, Dr. Royal mentioned, I think, the cross-reactivity of uh, normal coronavirus, which are found in the environment, and we inhale them all the time uh, because they are airborne. And uh, even even uh, through the intestinal, uh, through the uh, ingestion of these particles, uh, for example, the coronavirus infection in cats is actually is in the, in the GI tract, in the intestinal area. Uh, and then from there, it becomes more systemic and kills the cats. It's called feline infectious peritonitis. Uh, we, we, we worked on a vaccine when I used to work with SmithKline. We found out that the antibodies, existing antibodies in the kittens, baby uh, cats, actually, when you vaccinate them, it kills them faster. And that phenomena has been seen in a lot of viral infections that is called immune enhancement. Uh, if you have antibodies to the virus, the, these antibodies pick up, the, for example, the coronavirus and they take into the wrong type of cells and cause enhanced disease. And that could that could may well happen in, in case of the COVID vaccine. We'll see. I mean, I think sometimes it might take about two to three years to figure out what's happening in these patients who are having nervous systems and all that. There was actually a very nice report that uh, uh, there was a death house 24 hours after the vaccination. Just recently, there was a new new mortality shown by after the post-vaccination from, uh, from COVID-19. Uh, I think it was the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, of course, following people for two months, uh, as the uh, current vaccinators were supposed to do, is uh, not adequate. It's, as you mentioned, it's going to take some time uh, to determine whether or not, upon re-exposure, people are going to be having what's called a cytokine storm. Well, Diane, I know that you uh, may have to be leaving us soon, so I would like to hear your thoughts about everything that we're uh, talking about on today's program. Um, well, I have to say, I I believe that that the body is so intelligent that if you if you have something going on. And you take your blood and you you do that treatment to it and then re-inject it into your body that it's going to make the antibodies and get you well. And I'm, I have a personal personal um, experiences with that, not just one time but numerous times where I have gotten well probably 10 times faster because I did that. Um, I used to work with the public and see thousands of people every year exposed to everything possible from all over the world. And I can honestly say I think that doing those types of things for my body through your methods of the ISOs and the injections and even the light therapy that we did that one time on my blood were very, very effective in keeping me healthy and vibrant 
And, you know, and I know that it saved not only my life, but my daughter-in-law's life one time, too. So I know that it's very, very effective. Well, we appreciate you sharing that with us and uh, appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. It's always good to hear from our patients, so it's not just us tuning our (laughs) own horn as much as we like to do that. Uh, There are, of course, many things we offer in our practice, and you mentioned uh, ultraviolet light. A whole bunch. Ultraviolet light therapy is something that can be used to kill, actually, uh, viruses, fungus, bacteria, etc. I love that light therapy. It's been used for decades uh, in uh, Eastern European countries, but it's perfectly safe. We can also use ozone. We can use inhaled ionized oxygen, or we can use ozone uh, intravenously. Many options. We like the ones that are relatively non-invasive, but uh, every now and then you have something uh, that needs to be done a little more aggressively. So we had a patient in our office this morning who uh, wanted what's called a Meyer cocktail. Now, Meyer's cocktail is something that's very simple. It's just a small amount of B vitamins and vitamin C. I actually refer to it as caveman technology. We have much better uh, things that we can do for our patients. And one of the things that we like to do for our patients in IV-wise is something that's not done by many doctors because they simply don't know know how to make it. It's an amino acid IV, and we use that IV to help enhance the immune system. It can also help if somebody is having a hyperimmune response, such as allergies. But to that, then, of course, you can add the other things that patients need, such as the vitamin C, the B vitamins, minerals, and so forth. Lots of options, which is why we enjoy what we do so much. The patients um, are often puzzles because they've been so many other places before they come here, and so they are a problem to solve, which we enjoy. Would you agree with that, Dr. Rob? Absolutely. Absolutely. No uh, no one person's life's journey and uh, health experiences is uh, a replication of someone else's. Everyone's unique. Yeah, Diane, is there a particular product that you use that you like most uh, as part of your supplement regimen? And again, when we say supplements, use, we're talking about uh, investing in your health. I use the estrogen cream that you've re- had compounded for me, and I also use a progesterone cream uh, for pain or a headache. And I try to use those things daily, and then, um, you know, I feel great. I, I, I feel 25 years younger than I used to before all this stuff. So, you know, it's really worked well for me. I I would highly recommend it to anyone. I know that that there's those alternatives are there. And people just don't know enough about it. And I was fortunate enough to be introduced to you in 2011. And here I am. Saved my life several times. Yeah, the triest that you're talking about is something we do have compounded. It is a combination of a triest or three type of estrogen cream, which is estradiol, estriol, and estrone. But to that, we also add a small amount of testosterone and pregnenolone. The reason is as we get older, we stop making hormones altogether, particularly the women. And there's no reason with our modern-day technology why we cannot continue to stay young and youthful. In fact, uh, the progesterone that you mentioned is something that can actually be put on your face to stay uh, young and healthful. You mentioned that it can be uh, used for headaches. My wife, for example, will occasionally uh, feel some vertigo coming on, which in the past she thought was uh, hormone-related. And she finds that if she puts the progesterone cream on her face in the back of her head, that the vertigo goes away. These are some very simple things that you too can do at home under the care of a tribal or traditional 
practitioners such as ourselves. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment, and we appreciate you being with us today. We'll be back again next week with another episode of our show. But until then, my friends, may you all be well. Bye-bye. 